Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. This episode is brought to you by Sweet Process. If you're looking to grow your law practice, who's going to be taking care of what you're doing today? There's a reason that the fastest growing law firms that we've interviewed on this podcast all swear by SOPs, and that's because that enables them to focus on new things without stuff falling apart once they leave the room. Sweet Process was designed from the ground up to help teams ranging from solos plus freelancers to enterprise scale law firms create and manage the SOPs that allow your team to execute correctly every single time. And at the end of the day, that allows you, the owner, to work on your business create new process, or even kick back and relax every once in a while. And for a limited time, listeners of the Law Firm Growth Podcast will be able to upgrade to a 28-day free trial by going to sweetprocess.com slash lawfirmgrowth. Again, that's sweetprocess.com slash lawfirmgrowth. See what process can do for your firm by signing up today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jan Roos, and I am here with a very exciting episode. So we have Owen McGab Anoo, the CEO of Sweet Process, on with us today. So thanks for coming on the show, Owen. Hey, Jan. Thanks for having me on the show. All right. Awesome. So you guys may have noticed that Sweet Process reads have started to come out at the beginning of the show. And the reason why we were really excited about Sweet Process, which you've probably heard from the (laughs) the read that came before this episode, is because we are really, really big about process. But I wanted to kind of bring Owen on to give some context because he has a lot of really interesting background on how he arrived at this stuff. And I think it's very timely because I've been seeing a lot of um, news kind of in the legal marketing, legal practice management sphere, especially in the small business space around stuff like outsourcing, uh, specifically to the Philippines, you know, Latin America, that kind of thing. And um, Owen, before you started Sweet Process, you were in kind of a similar realm, weren't you? Oh, yes. So before I started Sweet Process, I used to uh, run a firm where I used to provide businesses here in the U.S. with you know, back office support. So basically, they would uh, get to a point where, you know, they're doing the same thing over and over again, and maybe hiring somebody here in the U.S. might be too expensive for them, but they wanted to get work done abroad at, at a fraction of the price. And But in order to do that, you know, you would have to come in and understand how the work is done so that you can take it over from them and deliver the same results or better than they were doing themselves just by having someone abroad, specifically in the Philippines, doing the work for them. But I'm sure we'll go into more details as we progress with the interview. Yeah, for sure. And then like, basically, it was kind of this thing too, because like a lot of times like, all right, people think, so I've got this person, I've gone from a solo attorney to I have this this super VA. So they're going to be ready to rock on day one and doing a good job as me just without any super friends, which we know both <laughs> is, is not usually the case where it happens, right? Well, th- th- if it happens, that's magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. So um, yeah, and basically that kind of ended up leading to the uh, the process of, I mean, you guys ended up coming up with Super Process. I also think the uh, the way that you ended up finding your co-founder was super interesting as well. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Okay, so let me, I guess it's an opportunity to give a, a much better backstory. So Sweet Process started in the fourth quarter of 2013, right? And I'll tell you how exactly I met my co-founder, Jervis. But before that, like I was saying, I, I used to have this you know, firm in the Philippines that was providing people here in the U.S. with uh, staff. And this actually blew up at a point when, well, I think, was it the four-hour work week or whatever? Right. Tim Ferriss, I think. And so everybody, you know, read that book. 
would just magically just think, hey, I'll just go to, the, you know, hire somebody abroad, India, Philippines or whatever. And they would just jump in and start doing the work. But yeah, I saw opportunity there and saying, you know, let's provide the service that would do that of providing the, the staff to do the work. But in order for us to take over, I had to come in and help my clients on this now. Okay, all the tasks that you're doing, there's about 80% of the tasks that you do every day in order to deliver your uh, solutions to your customers. It's about 80% of the tasks that are recurring that you guys do over and over again. So what are those tasks? You know, and most of the time they won't even have this task documented, like in terms of procedures, processes, and policies for how the task is done. So I would come in and work with them to document how the work was. As a matter of fact, literally doc, you know, have recordings, like video recordings of, you know, walk us through how you do the work. You know, imagine that we were your customer, you're doing this for them, walk us through how the task is done. Then we'll record the, the videos of it and then take that into and document procedures, for step-by-step -step procedures for how the work is done. And so the problem we had then was that, you know, there were no tools that actually made it easy to do. As a matter of fact, there were some enterprise level tools, but the problem is uh, trying to get, you know, my staff in the Philippines to use those tools was like, you know, really hard because the tools itself were, uh, to, be, to be honest, I thought was probably made more for the management level than for people on the right. ground. And then the other exit end of this spectrum was, well, trying to cobble together a bunch of different tools that were not specifically built for business process management, right? And then you're trying to use Google Docs here, Excel here, blah, blah, there. And for you know, you have a cobbled nightmare of different tools. And in the back of my mind, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm going to have to figure out a way to build this tool. Right. Well, while still running that company, that agency, I was invited to a podcast hosted by Andrew Warner. The podcast is called Mixergy. So it's a, it's a podcast for startups and entrepreneurs who have, you know, got into a certain level in their business, come and talk about how they got to their success and stuff like that. So he has that public facing podcast where he does you know, those kind of stories, but he also had a one that was not public facing where you actually have to pay as a member to get access to this. And this is where you, he brings on guests to talk about a specific topic and they go into a deep dive of basically teaching the systems behind something specific. And so he invited me on there to talk about how I was helping my clients systematize their operations by documenting procedures, processes, and policies. Like how exactly if I had a new client, would I have my team take over the client's work and how are we documenting stuff, right, for them? And so that's what the, the whole purpose of the course I was invited to do was about. And lo and behold, my co-founder, Jervis, my, the CTO and co-founder of Sweet Process, was on that call, listening to it, and reached out to me and said, dude, he has this idea that he's trying to work on, and uh, he wants to get my feedback on stuff. And so I said, okay, let, you know, being the open guy I am, I said, go ahead, let's, let's have this conversation. And so, and then lo and behold, turns out he's trying to build a tool similar to something I, I really wanted to build for, <laughs> for my agency. And I was like, dude, instead of me uh, sharing insight with you on how to do this, let's just go ahead and build this stuff together. And so that's how Sweet Process started. Uh, this was the fourth quarter of uh, 2013. And it took us about probably 90 days or so after that conversation to even start writing any, any code. Because I told him that, I said, dude, instead of us spending time writing any piece of code on how the software should be, why don't we go out there and get real feedback from potential customers, talk to them, figure out what exactly is this problem that they're having with, with regards to employees not having all the things they need 
at their fingertips for you know being able to know how work is done let's go and understand the root problem so that we can understand the problem and then figure out a way to create the software that is easy to use and solves the problem in the most intuitive ways instead of just going and just going to build up something and then delivering that thing and find out that nobody actually <laughs> wants <needs>. it. Yeah. <laughs> so that really helped her because I think I did over, I, I even have some of the recordings of those calls, but like over 50 plus calls of just talking to different people from different industries. And after each of those calls would sit down and synthesize like, you know, what exactly was he saying? The problem? Yes, he's saying he wants this feature, but why was he asking for this feature? And at the end of the day, was able to you know, crystallize, you know, certain things that, okay, this has to be the bedrock on which we build the software. These are the things that we need to make sure the software needs to be able to have. And then we went ahead, launched the software, and the rest is history. Yeah. Well, I got to say, it's, it's some of the best stories that you ever hear about softwares, programs, services that people develop are coming from scratching your own itch. And it seems like it definitely kind of fits the category on it. But what I also want to pick out that's super interesting is that you came with your own experience from essentially being consulting on these process things from yourself and a lot of different businesses, but you also had a really great test bed to try these out with all the clients that you presumably still had from like the, you know, the, uh, the VA stuff, right? Yeah. And the good thing is that if I had just only depended on my own experience, probably would have gone in a different route. And so I'm glad that I listened to Back then, when, you know, when, you know, when we're starting this, I was listening to a lot of, you know, interviews on how to uh, build software and how to, you know, do stuff because, hey, you know, that's essentially what I was trying to do at this point. And I think, uh, you know, I, I don't know who exactly I heard this from was like, you know, don't worry about, you know, building a line of code, just minimum viable product. Just try to understand the root issue. And I had my own, you know, experience, my own issue with this thing. But if I had focused on that, I would have thought maybe I needed to focus on trying to get customers who were trying to outsource their work. And yeah. that would be what I would have gone into. But by having this situation where I talked to different people from different industries, regardless of whether they were my customer or my client or even had me to outsource, it brought a whole different uh, perspective. And I think at the end of the day, that was much better for us. Yeah. All right. So kind of zooming in and basically to, to kind of talk about our own experience too, it's, it's very interesting. So it's like, you know, we've got about 12, 13 people on our team right now here at Case Fuel. And it's been really interesting over the last year because, you know, we were much smaller probably two years ago or probably a team of three or four, but having to scale, which is the goal of a lot of people that are on this podcast right now, it's been a process of trying to get things that I have been doing, other people on the staff have been doing out and onto some third, I guess, some external source. And how we've kind of been dealing with it probably reflects a lot of the situations that listeners of this show are probably going into. And like, I can definitely empathize with the situation where you have, you know, some kind of cobbled together situation and you got half your processes are in Google Docs and the other mm -hmm. ones are on Google. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's kind of talk about that more. Like, what do you think are kind of some of the common pain points? And I guess this could kind of speak to your clients that back when you're running the outsourcing things or the situation that you guys are finding when people are reaching out to you to uh, to use Sweet Process? Like what kind of situations would you say are the pain points for people that need you guys the most? So basically, it's two different perspectives. First of all is getting your current employees up to speed and being able to have the information right there when they need it so that they, there's no delay of, oh, how do I do this? I, I did this like four months ago. How do I do this again? I mean, we're all human beings and have a lot of things going on. So yes, you might have done it four months ago, but now... You, you don't have the information right there in front of you, spending time trying to dig through emails and all through wherever you might have 
kept the information, trying to figure out how uh, to do it. And then there's the other perspective of, okay, well, we're growing rapidly. We're trying to hire people. And now maybe it's a thing where, because, you know, the way the situation is, you, you, you have to hire remotely or whatever, and, you know, people can't come into the office or whatever. So how do you make sure that the employee that you are hiring hits the ground running? Gone are the days where they had the whole thing of you being able to come and look at someone's shoulder and say, hey, how do I do this? Now you literally got to make sure that yeah, information is, yeah, <laughs> information is right at your fingertips. So there's two different issues that bring people into thinking about, okay, maybe there needs to be a central place where information is for both the current employees as well as you know, new employees. Now, depending on where you're attacking the issue from or where you're experiencing the pain from, it all boils down to, you know, where do you start? Right. And I keep telling people that, you know, uh, we don't want to make these things complicated. Let's figure out, okay, as a manager or as the, in this case, you're talking to owners of law firms, I'm assuming, right? So yeah, as yeah. the managing partner of the law firm, what is that one thing that your employees keep asking you questions about over and over again? As a matter of fact, it probably been the, like the 20th time you've explained yourself on how, how the work is done. And the reason that they're asking you how it's done is it's not because they just want to ask, obviously, is because the information is not clear. So why don't we focus on, you know, investing some time so that we can, uh, so that you in your, in your situation as a managing partner of the law firm can have these instructions step-by-step step of how the work needs to be done so that at least they don't have to keep coming back to you. There is a starting point that they can refer to, right? Mm. And you're no longer being asked the question. Now, the next thing is, well, I'm a busy partner of this law firm, my job is to be helping my clients uh, litigate their cases or whatever your field is. When am I going to have the time to actually now build this document? Great question. So people think that when you start a documenting a procedure, it has to be an encyclopedia. No, <laughs> it doesn't have to be that detailed because if you take the mode of thinking of, okay, this has to be constant, continuous improvement, then you know that you can start from ground zero and you just keep on adding more blocks on it and keep improving. So where do you start? Identify that task that people keep asking over and over again for instructions. Now, the next thing is just document the title of the procedure for that task and the title of each of the steps. And that's it. That, that's the starting point. I call that a minimum viable procedure. Now you say, oh, well, it doesn't give as much instructions, right? But then there are people perhaps a manager or some person in charge of operations that already have an idea because you've you talk to them about this. Remember, you keep talking to people about this task over and over again. So obviously some people already have an idea of how this is, right? So now you've documented in sweet process that minimum viable procedure, which has a title of procedure and title of each of the steps. Now add that procedure to a team that has the employees, perhaps your manager or someone in operations that you, that you know have to an extent have some idea of how this task is done. And then you start saying, hey, using sweep process, you know, hey, I've documented this outline for this procedure. What should go into each step? So now it goes from a thing where you as the managing partner of the law firm has to do all the work to something where you've already created that outline of the procedure. So it's not a blank screen and everybody's looking at the blank screen, but you've given them something to start with. And then you've encouraged people in the law firm who have an idea of the, how the task is done to go in there and start putting in the details of each of the steps. Now, when they're putting in the details, how much details goes into it? I say just put enough to get somebody started on that step. That's all. Because as people start using these procedures that you've created with your team to start doing work, 
whenever they come across something that is not clear, that becomes a trigger that comes back to you or your manager that say, okay, we have this procedure where step number one, something is off, the person is doing the work and step number one is not clear. Now it becomes a trigger for you to go back into step number one and improve on just step number one so that it's up to par to what it needs to be, right? And so, like I said, you give yourself the permission that is a continuous improvement thing. And so you've built that minimum viable procedure. You've collaborated with your employees to put in the, the minimum details in each step. And then as they start doing the work, now when something comes in that is an issue, it brings it gets fed back to you so that you can improve that step or whatever step that needs to be improved upon. And all this is done easily with a tool like Sweet Process. Yeah. I mean, that's also really interesting too. Like I see a lot of parallels in the philosophy that you guys use to develop the process and the process or the philosophy that one can use to develop processes within the platform. And like, you know, the reason why a lot of this lean methodology stuff is popular in Silicon Valley is because it it allows people to get started faster and it allows people to kind of, I mean, I think a, a big situation too. And what I really liked that you said about that, Owen was like, I feel like a lot of people stop themselves from taking the next step because they're already looking at the final product that is is going to be the absolute, you know, they, they want to go from step zero to step 10 when they only need to go from step zero to step one. And what you just kind of highlighted there is is really important thing too. Now, a couple of things I wanted to uh, to point out, and I actually think this is you know one of the most fascinating parts of the, uh, the, the platform. And um, to take a quick step back, like, you know, we've been you know, in- investigated that like ever since we ended up starting working together with Owen, looking at the process ourselves. And basically, Sweet Process is truly built from the ground up. And a lot of the situations that we've in, is used in the past, everything ranging from, you know, Google Docs, uh, spreadsheets with a bunch of videos tied to it, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. <laughs> having something that's really purpose built um, really helps facilitate the process. And one of the things I think is super unique is your guys's concept of ownership on a process and the ability to iterate on the process itself, but also to follow it for a specific instance, the process that somebody's going to use to intake a new client versus the process to intake John Doe when he ends up coming in. So, so let me break that down because your listener, I know what you're saying, but your listener might not know what you're saying. So Let's use an example of something that maybe most law firms would do. So you have, you document a, a process for how to onboard a new client, right? But that's actually the, the, the documentation of how the work is done. Now with our app, you can collaborate together to document how the work is done. The also beautiful thing about it is you can also assign real work to people to do based on what you've documented so that... People can never say, hey, I don't know how to onboard a client. So let's say client James comes in now. You literally go into the app and assign a task to your employee saying onboard client James. And that task is going to be based on the underlying process that you have documented. So while they're actually doing the real work of onboarding client James and following the instructions is right there in front of them. They will never be able to say, I don't know how the work is done. So we married both the documenting of how the work is done with you actually doing real tasks and work. The reason why is because on one end, as people are collaborating together to document how the work is done, there's a lot of insight to be gathered, but also we also believe that even when the work is being done, there's a lot of insight to be gathered. That's where you find out things that were not documented properly or some issue that was not accounted for. Now, if you do the the, the task management in a different app, 
you are now depending on your employee being so proactive to leave that other app and remember whatever they were doing and come back to this other app where the documentation is happening and say, hey, uh, there was something wrong that wasn't encountered there. But if both are in the same place, it's just a click of a button and the information goes back to the underlying the, the manager who created the document and say, hey, something was not accounted for. I'm working on an actual task right here. It was not accounted for. And so that manager can get that information in real time, see that the, man the, the employee is correct, update the underlying process or procedure, and in real time, that task they're working on is updated with the new steps or the improvement. Voila. No, and that's fantastic too, because it also kind of, you know, the we always kind of talk about processes as an asset, but the ability to have this directly in the software is, is really a game changer because it allows it to become a living asset, right? It's not just some, you know, dry, dusty old bones that somebody's going to, you know, it's like a big, big guidebook. You blow the dust off of whenever something comes in. It's like this thing is, is getting um, interpreted by real world, world feedback, which is also, you know, in, in in the kind of process we're talking about, makes it easier to get started because, you know, you can fix it as time goes on. Right. But yeah. yeah, I thought that was really cool. As far as the quality of the deliverables, which I'm sure a lot of the law firms listening to this are talking about, if you know, there's a lot of people, um, I don't know. Oh, do you ever read that? I'm sure you read this book, Checklist Manifesto. Atul Gawande. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, the kind of stuff that's used in, in emergency rooms and surgeries and stuff, it's like, you know, mm -hmm. there's, it, it allows you to really get to the point when you've invested the time into getting these processes dusted up and really tuned up. It might seem like a lot of work on the front end, but at the end you have consistency of product, whether it's the best person on your team or the worst person on your team who, you know, didn't sleep last night and maybe partied a little bit too late, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you can get it done by everyone, then you really have something to kind of work with. So I wanted to kind of go into a little bit more of this, this creation process. So if, when, when people are considering this, let's ask the question first. So, so we've gone over what the processes that somebody should kind of talk about from scratch, but, you know, do you guys have any sort of capabilities in place for adapting stuff for like maybe another platform that somebody might have been using, like a project manager? Great question. Yeah. So obviously we built it primarily with the intention that you would use it both for documenting and actually carrying out tasks. But let's say for some reason uh, you were able to convince your team that, okay, let's use it for documenting, but they're so keen on using a different tool for carrying out the task. Well, you can obviously marry a sweet process or the technical word is integrate suite process with another software via API, right? So if you have someone technical on your team, uh, you can do the API of our, our software integrated with the API of the other software. Or if you're not so technical, you can use a third party tool called Zapier uh, or Zapier. Basically Zapier is a, a, a software that basically all they do is marry different software together. And so as long as the other software is on their platform, then you'll be able to marry both software to get in, achieve what you want to do. For, I, I give an example. So let's say you, you use Salesforce, for instance, for your CRM, right, for sales, for getting new law firm clients. And let's say someone fills out a form on your website, and then when they fill out a form on your website, that triggers something submitted to your, uh, a new lead submitted to your Salesforce, right? And now so Salesforce is a CRM that you're using, right? It's customer relationship management software. And now, when that happens, let's say you've designed a, an actual sales process inside of Sweet Process of what your person who in your company who handles sales, what they need to do so that sales follows a predictable process, right, of step-by-step -step what they need to do. So once the form is filled out on the website, it triggers a new lead in, in Salesforce. 
if you have an integration with three process where you've integrated Salesforce with three process, that can now lead to a task in three process that your employee is following a task to carry out the sales process to close that new lead. And as the person is carrying out those steps in three process, checking all the steps <laughs> in the task that was generated, that information is also passed back into Salesforce. So I'm just giving an example of where you want to use a different software to carry out something, but you didn't want to use three process to do it. If you if you if you're technical, you can do the API to API integration, or if you can use a third party tool like Zapier, that works too. Okay, that's super cool. And then, you know, it's also interesting to keep in mind too, because like this whole kind of concept. And one of the things I noticed that you said really earlier, and I've got some ideas for the reasoning behind this, but one of the things you noticed when you were going out to find the solutions in the market, a lot of these were enterprise which weren't working, but a lot of them were designed for managers and not employees. So I know that the concept of roles within the process is, is super important, but can you talk about a little bit, I mean, just kind of in the general case, like who do you think within an organization should be responsible for writing process? Is it a management thing? Do you think it should be coming from the top down, the ground up, somewhere in between? Like, how do you see people using this within the platform? I'm sure my answer will surprise you. We believe everybody should be able to write documentation on anything. You see a change, make a change. So process is built so that we empower everybody. Now, there's a caveat to it where we want managers of a department. Let's say we have a department. Let's say uh, I, I'm trying to, I'm struggling for a good- Maybe, for, yeah, collections, think, billing. Something. Yeah, collections, right? So let's say we have a manager in the collections department. So in Sweet Process, you can create teams that represent your actual company. And so you'll see you have a team in Sweet Process called collections. And within that team, you can designate somebody as a manager. And what it means as a manager in Sweet Process is that person can approve all changes to all the documents that are you know created in Sweet Process. But at the same time, everybody who's not a manager, as long as they have access to that document because they're part of that team, they can see a change and make a change. So if they see a change that needs to be made because while they were making, you know, working on the task, something, some brilliant insights inspired them, they can go into that underlying document and edit and make the changes. And if they do, because they're not the manager in sweep process, they will have to seek approval from the manager. So why we do it this way is because we don't want any kind of bottleneck of uh, you know people now relying on somebody to do something. No, you see the change, go make a change. And then knowing that th th there's that caveat that the manager has the ability to look through the changes that were suggested and if they like it, they can go ahead and approve it. Okay, yeah, I think it's really important too because like if you, if you think about the situation, like obviously people have a range of where they're at and growing their law practice when they're listening to this. We've got people that are solos that are listening to the show and maybe are just about to hire their, their first VA. And we have people that are managing attorneys mm -hmm. that are maybe two or three levels between the people at the front line. But I think it's really important that like a lot of the times too, like I have situations, there's processes that run in case you that I haven't touched in six months because you know, it's two levels <laughs> below me. Right. Mm -hmm. But those people are the ones who are closer to the, to what's happening every single day. And well, if yeah. they have to tick off like three things that didn't matter every single time they do it, then you know they have the ability to suggest changes, which I think is brilliant. Obviously, we want everybody to be proactive so that they can go in there, see a change and make a change. But we also have the ability to say if they do not want to be that proactive, but they want to be able to pass feedback, they can go into that underlying document and leave comments and mention the specific manager, say, hey, I think I need step to this, whatever. And the manager can go and look at all the comments and all the feedback and then go make the changes. So we make it as flexible. For those proactive employees, I want to go in there and literally make the changes and seek approval. Or for those who want to you know, be passive and share the information via feedback, and then it's up to the manager to make the change, we make that happen as well. Gotcha. Now, I have a question that's 
outside of the scope of the software itself, but mm -hmm. I think that you might have a good answer for it because you've seen so many of these deployments. How do you crack the challenge of employees or managers or somebody in the organization that is really, really stuck in their ways and they want to be a stick in the mud? How are you getting, uh, or, or how do you recommend people get compliance for the important people that need to be using a software like this within the uh, organization? So who is stuck in the, the mud? Is it the manager or is the underlying on, on lower level employee? I just want to get context. I guess it could be anyone. Yeah. I mean, like, how would you do it for either? So it depends. <laughs> I mean, if, if you're the yeah. manager of the- Stop, stop paying them. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I try to get context. So yeah, yeah. if you're the, the managing part there, you have some lower level employee who is, you know, stuck in the mud. Well, at this point, you might have to find a an employee who's willing to, you know, do things according to the, the, the progression that you want things to happen. So right, you right. have to let go of that person. But now let's imagine this is a different scenario where it's actually maybe not the managing partner who's talking more, but like some high level partner in a company who's talking more. And this is some person who's the operations person trying to make some changes. But this person who's stuck in the old ways is above him. I would say the best thing to do is, you know, keep letting them do their old way, but then use a tool like Sweet Process and craft a new way of doing the same exact thing and then make a case of their way versus a new way. At the end of the day, results is what matters. If you can get better results crafting a new way for doing things using sweet process, then the other person uses their old way and you can show the results of this old way versus using sweet process the new way. Well, I mean, results speak for themselves. And then you can take the results that they got using their way and your results using a new way and take that at a level above them and say, hey, managing partner, this is what we've found so far. I'm not saying that you should fire anybody, but I'm saying that, you know, it's come to a certain point where we have to make a decision that's in the best light for the company. And based on what we are saying, this is a much more effective way to do things. The results are way much better. If we keep doing things the old way, then that says a lot more about us. So what are we going to say about us? When you say things like that and you put things like that from a results standpoint, then, you know, at this point, the managing partner will do what's right. Yeah, I was going to say, too, because, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously a convert to the uh, the church of process. But like basically, you know, there are some people that kind of could take some time to go around. But like I know we mentioned the checklist manifesto earlier, but as far as like, I guess the philosophy and the strategy behind using this in business as a whole. Like, who are your favorite resources? Could be authors, could be podcasts, could be, you know, I don't know, management gurus. Like, who do you really look to your cell phone as far as like the biggest thinkers in this field? So in the process improvement field or just in just generally in business? What, what yeah, I'd say operations for the most part. Yeah, process, process stuff for the most part. Okay, so it's hard for me to answer that question right now because most of the books on operations, I've you know kind of read them <laughs> because yeah. I had to at the certain point. So, you know, you have the E-Myth, Michael Gerber, Build to Sell, John Warrillow. I'm just talking about the most popular ones. And now you have the goal by, uh, what's his name? Conway. Oh gosh, I know that guy. He's got an Italian guy, um, Lemony Snicket, or I don't know, Salami. Yeah, but the goal is actually <laughs> very good. It's all about defined, figuring out constraints in, in, in a process and, you know, how constraints happen to affect the output and stuff like that. I mean, I, I might be wrong in my uh, summary of the book, but it's a, great, it's a great book to go. I think that's cool. And then there's another one called Work the System by uh, Sam Carpenter. Yeah, right. so Work the System is good. So there are, you know, a lot of books around the whole thing of management and, you know, stuff. And, and the way I learned these days is really, if there's something specific in my business that I am trying to catch up on, when it comes to learning, I, I learn mostly from uh, 
audio, basically audio books. That's, that's my favorite way to learn. So when it comes to books, I like to look for autobiographies of people, who, you know, uh, entrepreneurs and stuff so I can learn from them. But when I'm trying to learn something specific, I look for a podcast that is dedicated to that specific yeah. thing. And I can get the most real up-to-date information on that very thing I'm trying to learn. Because by the time you start looking at a book for that specific topic, odds are is that the strategy and tips and whatever are kind of old. So the most up-to-date things I would find are actually podcasts, especially listening to the most up-to-date uh, uh, recent uh, uh, episodes on that very topic. So find a podcast that is dedicated to a specific topic that you're trying to solve. That's the best way I find myself for learning. And for uh, from learning from other entrepreneurs, I look for, you know, uh, uh, biographies that, you know, I can learn from, you know, the stories yeah. behind how they build the business, stuff like that. No, and that's kind of really interesting too. And I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but, um, you know, our book, which... <laughs> I think I wrote that in 2017. <laughs> Marketing world's changed a little bit since then. So I totally agree. Yeah. If you want the hot stuff, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. But um, but yeah, but I'll also say this too. Like um, I, I kind of had two reasons to do this because I'm very interested in your list of books. So I think about it and um, I'm going to add some to mine. We'll have those in the show notes too as well. But potentially for the middle manager who's looking to sell the higher level manager, a lot of the times... I found that people are more receptive to third-party recommendations. So if it's coming from Sam Carpenter or John uh, Warlow mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of from you, a lot of the times too, you know, a, a book is a gift can go a long way for people that are trying to convince somebody who's a, a little stuck in their ways. So thanks for you, the, the book as a gift depends on the person being willing to read the book, right? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the, I said if you want the real results to, today, yeah. you know, do, you know, go ahead and build the process that you think it's, that is better let them do this, you know, challenge them to, let's see who's going to get a better result. You do your way. I do my new way. Let's see. Yeah, turn it into a fun thing, you know. Uh, let's see who's going to get the better results. And at the end of it, you know, I'll see you do, we'll decide based on that. And yeah. you know, that's it. Yeah. So, okay, this has been fantastic. And then um, just kind of like to sum these things up, I know, I know I mentioned this at the beginning, but like when people are growing their businesses, like sometimes when you have process that's not working, it can kind of feel like that old circus act where like people are, you know, you got the guy who's spinning the plates on top of the thing and then the one starts wobbling and you got to run over to that one and correct it. And like, if you don't have a stable <laughs> process, that's what it ends up looking like. But the real goal for this, and this is how we've been using it on our business and how honestly the most successful people we've had on this podcast all talk about process. But you know, this is you know, the way that you're going to end up moving forward. There's no way, if you imagine what your law firm is going to look like at five times the revenue, more things will be happening. You cannot do them all, <laughs> and but your organization can. So um, it's been super helpful to, uh, to hear what you had to say about that. Owen. I really appreciate it. And the truth that most people don't realize is that most times, the, if you have a problem in a business, it's actually a process problem, not necessarily a person problem. So if 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 you come to that from that uh, approach, like you know, most of the problem I have are process problems, then it's easy to. I mean, it's, it's, you're still going to do the work of you know figuring out the process, improving it, or whatever. So that is work, but it's easier to to solve problems when if you focus on process, identifying the issue, and solving it from a process standpoint. Well, yeah. And also to that point too, like, you know, you, you bring up something interesting, which is like, you know, based on your background, especially it's like, 
if you have process that's written out to the point where somebody who doesn't speak English as their first language from the Philippines is able to do it to the same level as, as a U.S. employee that's in the office with you, that's a really strong process. And like, you know, yeah. sometimes people are, are too quick to blame, uh, you know, the, the person who's on, you know, the person who's following the process. And so the process that they themselves wrote. So it's, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of ways to look it, it at that. It should be such that anybody you literally pick off the street can follow it and get the same uh, result. I mean, obviously, if they have uh, specific experience, it then takes it to the next level. One thing I didn't even mention, because a lot of times we we'll think that just having uh, you know, uh, documentation for how work is done makes this whole thing become monotonous and people are not you know, thinking anymore and it might be dry. But I wager to say that having documentation for how work, the different tasks that you do in your company has done, you know, having documentation actually allows you to be more creative. Because instead of, instead of spending time trying to think about how the work is done, it's literally right there in front of you and you're working on it. Now you can start identifying some places. Maybe I don't need to do this step anymore. Maybe I can automate this. Maybe I can outsource this. Maybe I can even eliminate this task altogether. I, and, and just by thinking like that, I think that is creativity. Yeah, 100%. There's a creativity in the process. But also, like if you have something that used to take you, you know, if it took you all day to run payroll once a month, you know, think about if you could have that handed off to somebody else or, or you can do it more efficiently yourself, then that allows you to focus on higher level things in the business. And that's not just for you. It's, you know, for your people as well. If they can, if they have something that that's, you know, like you get to the point where it's like driving your car home from work back when people used to do that kind of thing. But like, you know, a lot of the times you can drive 35 miles and not even realize <laughs> you pay attention to it, but that that's where your processes could be like in your, in your company. And then where would your mind go then? So it's, it's, it's a really exciting thing to kind of think about. Yeah, and, and if you've taken the time to document how work is done and you literally know that, you know, people follow this, it, it gets the results you want. And people are following it and not getting the results they want. It's just down to two things. Either you need to make improvements to the underlying process or maybe the, the document has been improved to the point where it actually works. And that's just an easy way to identify somebody who shouldn't be in the company anymore. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's, you know, it kind of comes down to due diligence, but like one of the things I really like about like this whole kind of philosophy own is that it really is a philosophy of ownership. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think people like the more stuff that you can kind of take, well, look, this is, this is probably, I think too, it's like, <laughs> you know, if you want to start owning, if you want to own a large law firm, it's probably, you know, best to start with owning what's in front of you today. Right. <laughs> so the yeah. more you can kind of take responsibility for the, you know, the, the, the better it can be, but, um, yeah, this has been a great podcast, Owen. And then um, for next steps, uh, we got a pretty special offer for for the guests. And again, this is one that you might have heard once or twice, given because <laughs> of the sponsorship. But um, what's the best way for people to take the next step? So we have something where we have with Jan, where if you go to our website by default, you will get a 14-day trial. But we don't want you to do that because we actually want you to get an extended 28-day trial just by going to sweetprocess.com forward slash law firm growth. Again, at sweetprocess.com forward slash law firm growth. And uh, Jan will uh, link to it. So basically, it will basically let us know that, you know, you came from Jan, listen to this podcast. But more importantly, you get an extended trial to try out Sweet Process. And uh, we look forward to having you. Come join yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> and I totally recommend it to you guys. We're on the platform. And I also have to say, there's also, uh, Owen has fantastic onboarding sequence as well, if you're into that kind of thing. So basically, yeah, sign up and, and you know, jump in on it. I, I, I got to say, if, if you haven't looked at something like this, 
you know, this is absolutely critical to getting to the next level as much as stuff like marketing, as much as stuff like hiring on um, the process is really, you know, there's a reason why the people who are running seven figure firms we interview here all mention it. And that's because it's important. So again, Owen, thank you so much for taking the time and for everyone else. I'll see you guys next week, Tuesday at 8 a.m. on the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Yeah, and thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.